It's such a joy to be here. I got to know about this meeting less than a week. And usually, <clears throat> my schedule has several months booked. And there are people that have favor with you. They can knock at your door anytime. And you have to respond to them. But the person who really made it happen is not here this morning. I've been looking for top 10. That's Pastor Deolu's wife. And I can't see her here. I understand she she's otherwise engaged because I was expecting my alert before I would come. <laughs> and we agreed yesterday that she would send alert into my account. And I check all my phones. There is no alert. So, since this is free of charge, whatever you get is what you get. <laughs> Amen. I wish I had the opportunity you have. To once in a while get an environment like this, where the kids and the tools are made available to you in an environment of mutual respect, give and take, and an environment where there's no rancor. I do not need to Designed to know that not everybody here is a Christian. But everybody here is a human being. Created in the image and after the likeness of God. And when we open our door to people of other persuasions, you never can tell when you'll be entertaining angels unaware. Let me first disabuse your mind that I'm not a politician. Regardless of how you see or perceive me, I'm not a politician in the sense when the way Nigerians do their do or die politics. I'm not looking for power. I'm not looking for an office. I have no ambition at all. But almost everyone God will use to either rebuild the ancient ruins or to contribute a meaningful quota to nation building wherever. Many of them are not looking for what they eventually either lay hold of or what they eventually became in life. There are some who know it inside of them that they carry a responsibility for the greatness of their nation. For example, 
Look at the Nigerian history from 1979 to 2009. With the exception, take away the years of the locust, of the military interregnum, begin from the time Chief Abafemi Awolo launched the UPN in 1978, I granted an interview yesterday unknown to so many people. The first outing of Chief Abafemi Awolo and UPN was anchored by Benga Daniel and I at the University of Lagos in 1978. Because at that time he had become a mentor to us. It was the same year contested for the student union president at the University of Lagos. There are some who look at us and say, it just tumbled into days. Uh, my book, With This Abuse Your Mind, is coming out in November at my 60th birthday. Um, I call it strategic intervention in governance. Seven years of concentrated, relentless efforts at nation building. That's volume one. Volume two will come out later. Look at 1979 to 2009. And look at those who really worked hard in the civilian era within that time frame. You find out that those who labored so hard never made it. Chief Obafemi Awolo became the president Nigeria never had, to borrow the words of late Dumego Ojuku. He put his whole life into it. He was an entrepreneur in government who made a total difference in Western region. To the extent that Western region had television before France. That's unbelievable. It was the first in Africa. And he did so much that he thought he could just take all that and translate it into a nationwide phenomenon, developing each part of the nation so that we will not be in the mess we are today. Harold Wilson, the former Prime Minister of Great Britain, said, Obafemi Awolowo had the mental capacity to run America and Britain together. He wrote that in his book, Time and Chance. Do you understand me? Uh, but circumstances and people we want to hold this nation down will not allow it to happen, including perhaps the British government too. And then you look subsequently at a man like MKO, the kind of wealth that he plumbed into nation into politics from when he was denied while in MPN till he came to SZP, he poured his whole life. And I remember a conversation that's not public there between Chief Obafemi Olo, am I boring you? No. I need to give you this foundation so that some religious prejudices and, and, and things that have edged you in that has made you to think Containment is contentment. You break free from them and be able to contribute your meaningful quota. 
MKO poured himself totally into the issue of Nigeria. He took chieftaincy title from every nook and cranny of this nation. Like Solomon, he also married wives from across. Do you understand me? From everywhere. He wanted to make sure that there was no particular community that did not have his input. He built churches for Christians, built mosques for Muslims. In those days when you got to Mecca, on your way back, you will get a complimentary Quran with a signature of MKO for every Nigerian who made it to Mecca and Medina. I knew him personally. But what became of his efforts? He died in the Gulag. He won an election, but he never became president. Now compare with the likes of Shagari. Shagari was his school teacher. He filled the form wanting to go to the Senate, and they had to go and lobby him and say, look, drop your Senate form. I think it's your turn. Leave Shagari. Obasanjo was in prison. When IBB came to Abelkuta to lobby him that the North had decided the presidency should go to the Southwest and especially to the place where MKO came from, and you're the only one we can trust. Today, General Chiwai Danjuma said if there's any last thing he would do before he dies is to ensure that Obasanjo returns to prison at his 70th birthday interview that he granted. But he released more than two billion and said if Obasanjo does not become president, he will leave Nigeria. Obasanjo was not looking for it. He told IBB, I've been president and I've been a prisoner. What's there left for me to be? <laughs> but they lobbied him to come and he became president again for another eight years. Yaradua knew of his sickness. He had managed to be governor of Katsina for eight years. And he thought he was getting tired and weary. He was on his way back to Amadubelo University to start lecturing again. When they lobbied him, Obasanjo went to lobby him, it's your turn. Need I mention Jonathan Goodluck, who was just a civil servant, minding his own business. His wife was a grassroots mobilizer who contributed immensely to the election of Alimisa, call him Alams. Do you understand me? And Alam said, look, you need to bring someone who will be my VP, my deputy governor. Because of, uh, you know, she's well educated. Um, <laughs> you're the one laughing. I didn't suggest anything. She is. I didn't say she read too much education. You see, there's a problem. You are, you are approaching that from, a, 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 from your prejudice. Someone was talking, your mother might not be literate, she had education. She had upbringing. If she didn't have education, how did she cope to bring her husband into limelight? So I said something, you started laughing. Because you didn't know where I'm coming from, you concluded. I've met her personally, and uh, you will know that she had her own native intelligence. So she brought her husband. Her husband became deputy governor. Without blinking an eye, he became a governor when the governor was impeached. And he wanted to contest for that office again. They <laughs> come. 
uh, we want to punish Alams for his rebellion. You become VP. When he was going to become VP, he had never run for, he had never campaigned for any election in his life until this last one that involved some of us. Okay? And before you could say Jack Robinson, the vice president became acting president, courtesy of doctrine of necessity. And the vice president, the acting president on the 5th of May, 2010 became the president of the Republic of Nigeria. Now he had been sworn in twice, and he now is about to contest again because he has now completed according to our constitution. Each time you are sworn in, you must complete four years. Since he didn't complete four years the first time, this is his first four years, he wants another four years. And you can't blame him. You have not been to Asovila. If you look at the environment there, you now want to go to except you are a nation builder. Look at the VPs also. Those who had ever been VPs, they will sit at home to come and beg them. I was lobbied to come in. I wasn't a member of CPC or any political party when the call came. So sometimes the race is not to the swift. The battery is not to the strong. Do you understand me? And, and that's where I want us to start Today, do you mind if I read the scripture? Yeah. I always do because that's the only place I draw inspiration from. And if Muslims want to put me on the spot, I will give you the chapter and verse where it is in Quran. I graduated from Quranic school before I became a Christian. Okay. So I do not have any bias against your religion. I'll just show you uh, an upgrade version. That doesn't make yours inferior. Any typewriter, whether electric typewriter or manual typewriter, will still type. But we have gotten to the day you speak to your computer to write for you. <laughs> so you just need upgrade. Can I hear you say so? Upgrade operations. Upgrade operations. After all, Prophet Muhammad wasalam, was the one who said, Eid in Asratul Mr. Kima. I'm sure you know that, my sister. Only God can show us the way. That's what he means. Not so? Okay. And another person says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You can't read the Quran, but be compelled if you're a true Muslim to read the Gospels. Because it's mandatory that every true Muslim must read the Gospels of Christ and follow it. It's written there. Are you well versed in the Quran, my sister? Are you well versed? You know what <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here is the woman that is supposed to send me. I'm sure she was targeting 10 o'clock. I've not seen, I don't come late to meetings. I've not seen my alert. Is this service before payment <laughs> the verse of scripture the verse of the ground saying you know what it says i will cause jesus christ to die i will raise him up again and he who does not believe in him will have no helper in the day of judgment uh yes sir uh-huh. so <laughs> uh, we shouldn't fight ourselves the sons of abraham should not be at loggerhead because 
God entered into that covenant with Abraham on behalf of all families of the earth. The only person who will not partake of that covenant is anyone not born into a family. And there's no such a person. Ecclesiastes, if you allow me, sir, I hope that does not offend you. Good. I'm glad. In fact, you are compelled to read it. By the Quran. Ecclesiastes. I'll read two portions of Ecclesiastes. I'm asked to do nation building, but every part of nation building, uh, whatever part you take, you must contribute your quota. Commerce is part of nation building. Ecclesiastes. Chapter 9, verse number 11. I told Americans this is the 9 11 they should cling to and leave the other one alone. Ecclesiastes 9 11. I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches. To men of understanding, not favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. Somebody say that with me. Time and chance happen to them all. You didn't say what I said. I wanted to say what I said, lady, because we are in this boat together today. Say with me. Time and chance happen to them all. English language. Time and chance. Every time you see opportunity meeting preparation, there will be a breakthrough. Every time. Every time. You don't see opportunity knocking at the door of the lazy and the lousy. Because they will not even recognize it even if he appears in person. You keep doing what you are doing. And make the best of it. The world will take notice of you. If you do it well. When opportunity meets preparation. There will be a breakthrough in every field of endeavor. Now how about those. Who are not. Who cannot discern time. As what this book says. Is very very terrible. About search. In chapter 8. Verse number four is where the word of a king is, there is power. <laughs> I marched the streets of Abuja to enforce constitutionality. I marched the streets of Lagos. And one day we were back in Abuja, and the acting president, Yaradu had not died then, the acting president, in his full power, as acting president, not full president was coming to Transcorp Hilton and they locked the whole place down. The road was free. All the uh, frontliners were making noise with her. And when the president car showed up, I was in the open field. Now, I was fighting for constitutionality and something caught my attention. I just saw the grandeur, the splendor, the glory, everything around one man. And inside of me, I began to sing. Ipwala darao, Ipwala. 
Ipo yehun mi lopo lopo mo si ma de beun wo ni ko bona mi lowo wo ni ko bona mi lasho madeni atata madeni olola tori banjo balola o mo si ma de beun at sat with mr president several times in this year i sat with him about five times i'm not showing off in the course of national conference because of the role he pleased God for me to play. And I have not noticed him having two heads. <laughs> he does not have ten fingers. In fact, he looks like a harmless human being. And sometimes when you are talking to him, he's taking in everything uh, you are saying and he's asking you about this, about that. So it cannot be he's being smart I got him there. God rules in the affairs of men and he gives it to whosoever he wills. Even the basest of men, he could set in authority. But if you look at this, where the word of a king is, there is power. And you may say to him, what are you doing? That's where you got Kabiosi from. Who said to a king, what are you doing? Kabiosi, nobody can ask you, nobody can query you. He who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful. And a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. If you're writing anything down, I want you to know that the spiritual timing is a key to breakthrough. That's a master key. That's a master key. When you know that your time has come, when you know the season you are in, and you are prepared for that season, it's preceded by a lot of preparation Every effort at improving yourself, at personal self-development that you are doing now, will pay you great dividends in the days to come. Please don't reduce it to just Naira and Kobo. It's much more than that. Let me give you two stories. Because uh, I learned that from Pastor Deolu, he tells a lot of stories. And at the end of the day, you remember the person and the stories, even if you get everything. So... I've learned to start telling stories too. Thank you. Lay hands on me. <laughs> in 1981, I was called to the Nigerian bar. My older cousin was company secretary, secretary for Total Nigeria Limited. And he invited me to come and take a series of tests in the organization so I could become a legal officer under him, that the day he would step out of there, I could become the company secretary. I look around, I did the interview, I saw the money they were going to pay me, the car loan, and everything, but I rejected it. At that point in time, they were going to be paying me about 12,000 naira back then. It would be about a thousand naira per month. Plus car loan, plus days. But I went to work for Ganifai me for 400 naira a month. And my older cousin said to my mother, you know what she, he said to her? Mama, what have you want to shake me for boy? <laughs> How could anybody turn this down? I remember my words in a letter to him. 
my professional status will assume as if fugitives. If I leave the practice of law to go sit behind a desk, I want to understand the rudiments and I want to practice it well. At this time, some of my colleagues had bought their car. I could only afford Agbole. You know what Agbole is? That big umbrella that covers you. Big, massive. Because of rain, shine, I will walk from Nigeria close in Ilukweju to Antony Village, East Chambers. I had no car, no bicycle. We will resume at 8. We will close many days at 3 a.m. You couldn't look at your wristwatch. But by the time I finished going through process, when I was standing court to speak, even SANs will keep quiet. There's something about process that you can't have progress without it. So since this moment of your life, my philosophy of life is simple. Maximize discontinuity. You say, what is that? Continuous improvement on daily basis. Do you understand me? I must continually improve because nobody is waiting for me. Time is not waiting for me. Society is not waiting for me. Nobody is going to stand still and say, we wait for you till you join us. They will leave you by. Let's test. Did you go to primary school? You couldn't have gone to any other school without primary school. Did you have friends in primary school? Where are they? None. Did you make it to secondary school? Did you have friends in secondary school? Where are they? A few. Did you make it to university? Okay. How many of your universities that you were called to whatever discipline uh, the same day you see from time to time? It's called elimination by substitution. Things will begin to edge them out. And if you want to stay strong on the cutting edge of what God is doing and you want to fulfill your destiny, you must embrace, maximize this continuity Continuous improvement of your life on daily basis. I died to total remuneration that day, the total oil company and all the travel and everything. I didn't have it. I'm not using this to despise my older cousin. When he retired, he then came to me. Things are tough. I need some loan to start my business. I said, Mo. If you had gone to the same place, I may take, I may roll. No more, more, you may have a Is your Yoruba that deep? If, some, if, if, if you have six siblings of the same parents, one of them borrowed Egbefa, uh, that's 120. One of them borrowed 120 shekels or shillings, and now all the six went to work in the farm till the six of them died in order to pay for that 120. If they are smart, they will leave one there and the rest will go into multi multiple streams of income and they will find something else to do so that I can pay and, and liberate him. If you are not thinking you all will go in the same direction, husband and wife, you'll be civil servants for 30 years and then you end up saying, if I served God the way I served the king, you will not have rejected me in my old age. My father-in-law put at the five years till he became director of health. When he finished in retirement and they kicked him out of his Ikoi residence, his allowance monthly pension became 5,000 naira. I will reserve the second story.
Are you discerning the time you are in? Because if you're not discerning the time and the season, see what's going to happen. Because for every matter, there is a time and judgment. Though the mystery of man increases greatly, when you can't discern time, your misery will continue to multiply until it compounds. Okay, I'll tell you the second story. I wasn't going to tell you. I was 19. My mother came home. I'm an only child between my father and my mother. She'll be 105 in October. Well, it's, it's a blessing of God. She came home and she said, um, I've gone to Mama Lewedu, one of our friends in the marketplace, and I've asked for the hand of our daughter. I want you to marry her. She didn't tell me any reason. And I said, Mama, marry her. She said, yes. Okay. I've heard you. Because she was Lord and Master then. Even at 19, I feared her. I went upstairs. The girl was sitting. And I said, do you have common sense? <laughs> At 19, that should be free sex for a young man. He said, do you have common sense? Do you want to die in poverty? If we marry, how are we going to take care of the children? Don't you want education? He said, my, mom, my mother said I should follow your mother. I said, you should follow my mother. She will be your husband. Get down! <laughs> it was several years when I turned 50 that my mother exposed why to my wife. He said, the Babalawu that was consulting for her said I would die at the age of 30. And since I was her only son, she must find a way of getting children. Now you can imagine the children I would have had at the age of 19. But something in me rejected that. There's something about your future that is pulling you, propelling you to do things differently. Lift up your hand and say with me, Others may, Others may but, I cannot, but I cannot because of destiny. Because of destiny. Say it again, Others may, Others may but, I cannot, but I cannot because of destiny. Because of destiny. It's as simple as ABC. If you don't, you have to choose what your future will be. You have to write your own story yourself. Do you understand me? Now that brings me to this nation, this important uh, subject of nation building. What do you understand by nation building? I need contribution from you. How long is this meeting for, sir? Because once I start, I, I don't want to do everlasting gospel. There are other things I came here to do. What do you understand by nation building? Once I pick on a person, I don't let go. I come back to you. <laughs> Do we have a microphone for her, please? Thank you. I'll summarize it in by saying every activity, positive activity and impact we make to build the nation to become what we think and what it's supposed to be. Thank you. What do you think a nation should be? Um, a nation should be able to at least provide certain amenities for its citizens. A nation should care for the people. A nation um, should be a place that you are proud to say is 
your nation or your country. I know a nation if we go maybe beyond the country, every environment you are, you should be able to be proud. Thank you. At least you are you're making sense to me. Thank you. The Bible says in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17, that God predetermines the boundary of every ethno, translated there as nation. That God Almighty predetermined the boundaries of every nation and the time of their visitation in the hope that they may grow for God. Some would tell you the balkanization that took place in Africa was by the Europeans. They just balkanized Africa the way they chose. But behind the scene, any time you, you don't see God in action like in the book of Esther, his signature is anonymous. He's walking behind the scene. How did we come together as a nation called Nigeria today, lumped together, we will say sometimes? And why are we the biggest in Africa? Or the, uh, in terms of population and sometimes in terms of size also we have a major portion of land we have resources that are, if you compute it the wealth that will come out of it unimaginable that everyone in our nation should be a millionaire but more less than 2% of the population have cornered 98% of the resources and so it's now the, 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 <laughs> the battle of the fittest. In our climb, might is right. And all our own endeavor is to ensure that in our lifetime, right becomes might. Do you understand me? So you can't approach it the way the regular politician who is a political jobber will approach his assignment because he wants to get into office, enrich himself so that he can continue to remain in office to enrich himself and let the citizens have the crumbs that fall from master's table. If certain things are not clear to you uh, about nation building, don't even dabble into it because you can be corrupted in two seconds. No matter how clean you think you are, evil men can surround you and at the end of the day mess you up. Whether you are going to eat of their delicate scene or you are going to carry yourself and discipline your appetite. In 1914, for administrative ease, the protectorate, the administration of the northern the southern protectorate became amalgamated. Nigeria was never amalgamated. It was the administration that was amalgamated and many of us don't know the difference because the north is totally different from the south. They're not the same people. They have different perspectives. And all of a sudden, a wedlock became a padlock. Locked together, and those who control and who want to re retain the control of the resources of our nation use everything to ensure they maintain their hold. Religion, ethnicity, and all kinds of things. But you can look at it and say, nothing good can come out of here. 
But I want to ask you the question that Nathaniel asked. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? What was the response? Come and see. If Jesus came out of that Nazareth, something good is coming out of Nigeria. But it's not going to happen because you become non-aligned and non-involved. What are the things hindering you and I from participating in politics? Let me run down uh, two or three things that have kept the nation the way it is. Some of these things I'm sharing, you are going to get them in my book, so don't stress yourself. Just lay hold of it. If you manage to get to my birthday, it's free of charge. If you don't manage to get there, you'll buy it later. <laughs> I see if I sell books. Uh, we believe that politics is dirty. I spent five years of my life at the Deeper Life Christian Ministry, and then it became Deeper Life Bible Church. I was a national legal advisor. I ministered in that church. But I took my Bible and left one day in 1983. I became part of them in 1978. And why did I leave? I was teaching at Deeper Life that afternoon, one long day seminar. I was given the responsibility of preaching the law and the Christian in a lawless age. I remember like yesterday. And there I said, supposing you are watching television, I was getting to a place where I was going to demonstrate faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I said, supposing you are watching television and you hear joy, joy, so exact example. It's like I transport myself back there to see. I, just, I was just a little tinier then. <laughs> I haven't had it any weight since then too. Okay. Come back in 120, 60 years again, I'll still look like this. Because I plan to be here for long. <laughs> for long. You either hate me or like me, but you can't ignore me. I'll be in your face all the time until we have a nation that works and you are contributing your quota to it. 